Hello, hello, hello. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the nerd of all Star Wars nerds. Wait, are we, are we just going to start? We're just going to start. What do we need to do? He knows, he knows. I don't know. I just want to apologize for being for being late. I'm sorry. I was talking with my grandmother about the 1980s. So. <laughs> I am podcasting from a unfinished basement side room because it's the only space I can talk without waking up everyone in my in-law's house. So I'm in St. Louis right now. Dr. Bob, where are you recording from? My beautiful casa in Steubenville, Ohio. You do have a nice house. I do have a nice house. Yeah, it's the benefit of moving to an economically depressed and heavily polluted area of the country. (laughs) Real estate is killer. (laughs) I can live like kings here. That's right. (laughs) My house is 5,000 square feet. It's it's massive. It's It's, amazing. It is awesome. How How many kids do you have? I think seven. (laughs) <laughs> last last <laughs> I checked. Yeah. Oh, wow. Seven kids, 5,000 square feet. How many bedrooms? Um, there's like some that you could count as a bedroom. I mean, there's there's three <laughs> floors. Like on the third floor, there's like two. That's amazing. On the yeah. second floor, there's a solid four with an office and a dressing room. And then, of course, you have your, your first floor. And then, because we live in Ohio, we have basements, which this this one is finished. Oh, that's awesome. Go. Now, describe your dressing room, and do you ever use it as such? Well, my wife uses it as such. It's very pink, and there's a sign on it that says something about how awesome shoes are, and I think it's something that Cinderella said. I don't go in, I don't go in there much. <laughs> I keep my distance. You have an understanding. You stay out of her dressing like a, room. There's and... like a three-way mirror, yeah. which sometimes I go in to use if I'm trying to shave my back hair. But other than that, I yeah, really so. stay out of there. Do you have, like, an extension for your back hair? Yeah, I got shaver? the Man Groomer XL. I got that about two Christmases ago. It was, like, one of the greatest things ever. <laughs> do what you got to do. do. Yeah. Yeah. Dad, do why it, are you yeah. wearing a sweater in the swimming pool? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's no nice. sweater. Nice. <laughs> so that's a man. <laughs> that's not a sweater. That's a man. Uh, I shave my back once a year and donate it to Locks of Love. <laughs> that's right, baby. <laughs> Twelve inches. Oh man. So Star Wars. So Star Wars. Okay. So let's set this up. Let's set this up. Bob, you are. One day, uh, I was in your wonderful house at a party post Doomville conference, mm-hmm. and I was in your office, and you were showing me all the Star Wars amazing stuff that you have in there. Yeah, I still then, have all of my my toys from when I was a kid. All the all the original figurines from uh, nineteen seventy seven and so forth. So I I have a I cherry picked them now because it would be too obnoxious. But I certainly have lots of Star Wars paraphernalia around. Still in their original packaging? No. Uh, <laughs> no, I took them out. I think they should be played with. Yeah. So you have that, and then I, I remember we were talking. I can't remember exactly what it was we were talking about. And you said, I would be a terrible millionaire. And I said, why is that? And you said, well, one day I was looking at this through a Sky Mall magazine. (laughs) And there was a $7,000 life-size replica of Han Solo frozen in carbonite. And you were like, I would buy that immediately. In a heartbeat. I would buy it in a heartbeat. Yeah, I mean, this is why the Lord hasn't blessed me with, like, obnoxious wealth. Because... you got to get you some of that oops money. That's yeah. what you got to do. <laughs> yeah, that's what we got to do. Don't, don't we all need that? Uh, we'll be bleeping that out. Um, <laughs> Will we, question mark? <laughs> so, okay, so, uh, so we're kind joke. of. I just kind of laughed along with it. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Allegedly. Way to cover yourself. Allegedly. <laughs> um, uh, we'll just explain later. Um, so uh, you're of the age of where, like, you were a kid when it first came out. 
in theaters, right? Yeah, I was five when Star Wars came out, and I don't have much of a memory of it. I think my mom took me to it, and then we had to leave because I was screaming in terror at the trash compactor scene. But I came back again. <laughs> you know, they would just re-release them in the movies. So I, the, yeah. my first memory is I was six or seven. It was probably 78 or 79. It was a re-release. And, of course, at that time, all the figures were out, and I was playing with the figures before I even saw the movie. Uh, fell in love with the movie. I vividly remember the day Empire Strikes Back came out. I remember it was 1980 and uh, just driving driving to the movie theater, seeing the line like curl around the entire building. You know, we, we were meant to go to like a 10 a.m. show, and we ended up going to like a 9 p.m. show because that was the only the only thing going on. And, man, the longest three years of my life was at the end of that movie. It was like, wait, what's happening? Oh, yeah. And then someone, and somebody's next to me like, yeah, that's how the movie ends. I'm like, well, when's the next one? They're like, three years from now. I mean, I was like, <laughs> oh, like that was man. me like going from, you know, being eight to being 11. I mean, that's just a freaking eternity. So yeah. Um, so what? So what? So what? Um, was it about Star Wars that pulled you in? Like, is there like one thing that you were like, oh, it was this, or um, was it was like a culmination of stuff or yeah i think it was just i mean the whole the whole world of it was so cool i mean and i think everybody can acknowledge that's probably one of the greatest things about star wars is it's a different universe you know it's a long time ago in a galaxy far far away there are just storylines and ideas i mean i think the popularity of the mandalorian just goes to show there's so much you can do with that place and that world and i was i was just totally hooked you know by the whole concept of it the idea of it and even on a spiritual level you know one of my i would say kind of profound spiritual awakenings when i was younger is when uh my aunt uh, who's my godmother who was also a carmelite hermit so she didn't get out much uh she was visiting <laughs> us and she took me to see empire strikes back it was probably the 20th time i'd seen it you know it was in the local movie theater and afterwards, we just went out to lunch, and she just started laying all this awesome stuff out. It was like, you know, well, yeah, that's right. You know, it's easier to be – it's harder to be good than it is to be evil, but it's better. And, you know, the Force is kind of cool, but really our faith is about a person. And, I mean, honestly, as I look back at my youth, that was like one of the first times anybody spoke the language of faith in a way that really – resonated with me i mean i wanted to be a christian jedi you know from that moment on and uh so i think it was just all of that i think it was the the fun of it the 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 space opera-ness of it the different world of it even the faith aspects because it's hard to find anything in cinema that even resembles faith or afterlife or any of those concepts yeah one of the things that i loved about star wars is the mystical element of it all mm. like the the these men like what you know of obi-wan kenobi is like he lives this hermetic life you don't know why he's doing all these he's hermetically all, sealed yeah <laughs> aromatic life he's doing all of these things that um you know he is a force for good he's cooperating with the force all this stuff but it was you know what is the force it is this thing that binds an energy field that binds all living things together and so there was always a religious or mystical element to it yeah and it's funny because one of the things that i see with the death of the american imagination is when you Did remove that happen the, i miss that funeral 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was last <laughs> Thursday. Microsoft was there. Um, they're bearing the Windows phone right next. It was weird. Um, but the the whole thing is like we have to explain everything mechanistically and materialistically, which is why I was so disappointed in the prequels oh. explaining the Force as yes. you know the the poop of midichlorians. Like yeah. it's like their byproduct, and you're like, no, no, you just took away the mystical part. So wh- what do I do? Get a bunch of midichlorians? Is there a midichlorian black market that I, I felt can like take? George and- Lucas like just took a knife to my childhood at that point. You know, I mean that I remember sitting watching Phantom Menace, just dumbfounded, like. Wait, you need to pa- you need to pass a blood test to be a Jedi? Like what 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 is this? Like this is crap. Yeah. Like it's yeah. genetics. What? You know, like this sucks. I was so so upset. It was one of the things though I loved about the last Jedi, which was not a perfect movie, but I loved how at least there was an attempt to bring it back to this idea that your blood type doesn't matter, your lineage yeah. doesn't matter. You know that that last shot of the little kid like force grabbing the broom. Yeah, yeah. Like for me, that you know, with with its faults and it had them, um, that moment felt like it was an entire redemption of the direction the prequels were going. And then I was very disappointed that Rise of Skywalker just seemed to be like, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> you know, <laughs> See, th- this is the problem I have with all of it. It's like. There is a war, even number one within within George Lucas with the prequels, and yeah. then a war of directors tit for tat between Jar Jar Abrams and then uh, Make It Rain Johnson and Rain then Johnson, Jar Jar yeah. back. Like they, th- it was like everyone, like no, we're gonna take it on a new <laughs> the sequels. We're gonna take it on a new course, but we still have to pay homage to the old, and then. Uh, what's his name gets on there and he's like, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna subvert everything. I hated The Last <laughs> Jedi. There were there were like three moments I liked, but overwhelmingly I despise that movie almost to the level of the prequels. Wow. Um I would rather have more politics. Uh just kidding. Trade disputes. <laughs> but then but then I, like I would love to see the West well, sorry. Yeah, I was just gonna say, but then JJ Abrams went back and it was like these slaps in the face that they did to each other and thus to the fans. And I just I hated it all. So, okay, before we get into, because yeah. I think we're kind of like at the doorstep of of uh, talking about like Rise of Skywalker. Is there anything about Star Wars as a whole that we'd like to say? I just want to put this out there about, about of your thoughts about it, about, you know, how you approach it, like where... Bob, you kind of already talked. I, I, I'm asking, um, you, Gomer, like, is there anything that... Yeah, I would just say, say going off of... Whole? Yeah, going off of what Bob said... Uh, Star Wars for me was an experience. Now, I was born in 1982. I didn't really sit down and watch them until like 1990. Um, but Star Wars was for me an experience of world building. Yeah. That the, like so much was they did such an artistic job conveying a larger universe yeah. while keeping you on the frontier, whether it was Tatooine or whatever. They kept the so like, you know, the the casual reference of Han to the Clone Wars and the fact that, you know, he is this like hotshot pilot that like you you know that there's stories behind it and they did it in such a way that it, you wanted to know more, but at the same time it did enough for that individual movie or for the trilogy. And that's what I love about Star Wars. And the world-building side, I feel like it's like J.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Like, you love the story of the Lord, or you, like, you, you read The Hobbit when you're, you know, 12 years old, 
And then you discover when you're 15 or 16, right, or for me, 20, uh, the actual trilogy of The Lord of the Rings. And then you discover the Silmarillion. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, this is a whole universe. <laughs> right. right? And, and it's incredible. And it's incredible. And that's what Star Wars was for me. It was so genius to start, you know, chapter four. You know, just pretending yeah. there's there's yep. other things that you don't know about, but you don't need to know about it because we're gonna dive right in. And, but it I wasn't mean, originally called Chapter Four, was it? It was pretty or quickly called four? Chapter Four. Like I guess it wasn't like in the immediate release, but fairly quickly they threw that that Chapter Four into the opening scrawl. You know, so yeah. be, well, you know, so before Empire came back came out, it, it was already listed as chapter four and nobody called it a new hope you know until the right. prequels came out and nobody was sure what to call you know we just called star wars yeah. star wars i mean that's what or everybody star wars. yeah that's what everybody knew it as but just that idea of being in the middle of a story saying the basics of what you need and jumping right in especially you know this is a this is a movie for like teenagers essentially i think that's one of yeah. the issues that it's had as it's gotten older is you get like 30 and 40 year old nerds like us you know who are like i didn't find that cinematically enriching it's like wh what do you th <laughs> you know wh like what would you have been like you know i actually saw something online which i just laughed it was a um it was it, it was a review as if return of the jedi just came out right now and it was all of the like, you know, we never knew where Palpatine came from. What is this crap? You know, and, and you know, nobody talked about Ewoks before. Where'd they come from? Why aren't they more in line with the second movie? And I mean, all the yeah. critiques we can have. Because the third one was a crappy movie. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I would, of the three, I would say it was the weakest installment, to be sure. Yeah. But, you know. But it's, it's still like, it's, I would say it's a bad movie. No. It's just not as good as Empire Star Wars. Yeah, but it it's had so to funny, though. It. It's like Godfather Part 3, almost. Like, there are oh, elements, not, in, there are elements on, in Godfather Part 3 that are. Are incredible. It doesn't have two cousins who are like awkwardly in love. It's not that. Yeah, it's not. It's not Pope killing. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, uh, yeah, yet, 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 yet. <laughs> yet. But some of this is our own fault, right? Like we couldn't leave it at four, five, and six. The fact yeah. that there was a four, five, and six, we had to have a one, two, and three. You know, like yeah. the fan base just had to do it. So they give it to us, and we're like, well, that's not what we wanted it to be. Yeah, and then suddenly it, wasn't. it was like, well, what about what's going to happen with you know Han Solo and Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia? So then we get a seven, eight, and nine, and I actually think overall seven, eight. I'm thinking of a bit more positive than you, Gomer. Seven, eight, and nine. I thought were was better than the prequels. You know, I would oh, put yeah. I would agree the original yeah. obviously hands down. I there's a lot I enjoyed about this trilogy. Mitch Smash as it was, you know, as you know. It, incongruent with itself as it was, but I think there was a lot of really cool stuff that I enjoyed. And then there were the prequels. And I I actually liked Phantom Menace of the three of them. You know, I, I mean, a Attack of the Clones was maybe just the worst film ever made. Absolutely. I mean, it's oh, hands down. So, Awful. Hands down. Yeah. I mean, I think it makes cats look, you know, more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and I haven't only read the reviews of cats. Um, uh, the best line about cats, they CGI'd away their testicles, but kept the women's boobs. <laughs> <laughs> It's a one-sentence summary of Cats. If you understand that, you'll get the movie. I read like, something okay. that just said, why do they have human hands but no anuses? It's like, yeah, that's a good question. I, I really don't know. I, I don't want to find out, to be honest. It's, hey, I got the I same problem. That it's bad okay. Since Battlefield Earth. Do you guys remember Battlefield Earth? Uh, with John Travolta? I remember hearing, yeah. With John Travolta. Yeah, I saw. Remember, everybody was so worried they were going to make this great movie and people are going to become Scientologists. Yeah. It's like, oh. it's like oh. nobody wants to become a Scientologist. Never mind. That. Yeah. But Forrest Whitaker was I, in Rogue One, which is Star Wars, and now we're back. 
<laughs> well played. Well played. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I think I'll just kind of add my quick two cents here. I was, I liked the world building, but what, but what I liked more was just the mythology. Yeah, like I was a kid who grew up in a charismatic community, so like the, um, the force. Like it made so much sense. I was like, yeah, like you can like do like who doesn't have like cool powers? <laughs> like it just uh, it just for for like some reason it just was this thing where, where like it just automatically like I just identified with this idea of like these there is a spiritual world and like you can tap into that very easily. And I think I always just really um, I kind of got into some of the world building. Like I didn't read any of the books, like any of the uh, gosh, now they're what they call um legends. Yeah. But the extended universe, I tried, but it just never it, it never really took. But I did like things that would explain. Like here's the backstory of like Anakin Skywalker. I, I think there was a book. This is before. This is like the mid nineties before the prequels came out i was i was in like junior high and i and i had this book that explained how how like i'm a darth vader became 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 darth vader but in that book it actually said owen the like owen lars was actually ben kenobi's brother or something like that and i was like okay you know so that was like as deep as i got was just like this book i had but i i always like like i for some reason i mean everyone really Everyone really um, would say like this was this was the best part, but I remember as, as a kid, I just was so drawn into this part of where like I'm a, where like I'm Luke stares into the sunset. That that for me like that's why I love it is that right there this idea of like there's this he wants more he like he knows that more is out there but he doesn't know um he doesn't know like um what that is or even how he's going to get there and it just kind of starts bit by bit by bit by bit by bit. Yeah, it's amazing, and I think. And it just I I like like that was why I loved everything about that. And I mean I've cr- I, as like, there were times where I've seen the end of like Return of the Jedi and I've cried because of the drama of like what's going on when he fights um Darth Vader at the end there. And so there's just uh, that was the scene so anyway. done so well. Yes. I feel like the Return oh, of the just... Je- that redeems the rest. So like like in Godfather Three, the confession scene no, redeemed no, the rest no, for me. No. No, we're <laughs> no. just can you just stop that, please? It's nope, just it's nope. nothing like these Godfather parallels Red will Red be Red. spoken of frequently no, throughout my review today. <laughs> you know, another thing about the Star Wars is all the great life lessons. You know, like for example, if you just keep making fun of the only girl in the universe, she'll eventually make out with you. <laughs> <laughs> that one didn't play oh, out so well for man. me as I got older, but um. <laughs> like, wait a second, life. <laughs> this doesn't matter. Well, you also I have to be Harrison Ford. You missed that part. You have yeah, to be a right, swashbuckling <laughs> rogue and not a oh, the shortest man in your class. Harrison, if you're six foot two and handsome. Yeah, and women find him attractive. That's it. Yeah. Uh, you get away with murder yeah. when you're hot. Yeah. I forgot. <laughs> Dang it. Yeah. it! They should have put that in the subtitles. <laughs> Warning: Do not do this if you're like a five or below. <laughs> yeah. Turns out, if like you, if like you scream, he could use a good kiss. People don't really understand you or where you're coming from. Mm, yeah, fair, fair. Yeah. So okay, so here we are, end of the Skywalker saga. Um, now for the for the like time being. What uh, <laughs> until they resurrect? Like, yeah, the <laughs> until they until, retcon it all and yeah. find out that Ray really was a Skywalker. Yeah, until the until they're like, wait, we need to print money. Hmm. Um. So like, like, un, like, just like 
really like quick, say like one like line or two. What were your like? Did you um like the rise of um rise of Skywalker? Yes, I enjoyed it on a certain level. I didn't think it was a great movie. There's a lot of parts that I liked about it, but I actually I'm going to dial it a little bit back. I just have general problems with everything J.J. Abrams does. So yeah. I walked into that theater knowing this was going to be a J.J. Abrams movie, and it was going to bother the hell out of me. But yeah. I love Star Wars, and I'm just going to take it on the chin. So all the J.J. crap that J.J. pulled, I went, yeah, well, that's just J.J. being J.J. And so I, yeah. I went in with a lower expectation. I know they build this as like this is the end, the culmination of the Skywalker saga. Look, this last trilogy was like a big, long epilogue. It was fan fiction. I don't yeah. even. I don't even know this. Ep- this episode nine wasn't episode nine at all. It, like, it was. I think I read somewhere they had a great line. It was like a sequel to a movie that didn't exist. Like they. Yep. They were just throwing things in there left and right. It could have totally stood on its own. There wasn't a lot to resolve. It. Anything that was interesting in the second movie, it just ignored. I mean, it was so. It was just so bizarre with that. But a lot of that is just. I mean, it's just J.J. being J.J. I'm still pissed at him for what he did with rebooting Star Trek. Oh, yeah, I thought, right there. Yeah. I mean, I thought the first one was okay, but, man, Star Trek Into Darkness, that's worse than yeah. Attack of the Clones for me. I mean, like, the crap he pulled in that nonsensical movie where he just, he just like, throws new ideas and he, he creates problems that your characters can't get out of, and then he throws in a new idea that breaks the rules of the universe – Yep, so you can get time. out of it, and yeah. he just likes breaking the rules of the universe. You know, in Star Trek, it was, well, let's be able to beam aboard a ship that's in warp. Well, how? What happened to like fixed points? No, no, they can, you can be you can be going at warp five, and you can get beamed on a ship. And then in the next one, it's like, hey, why can't Khan in a small little fighter thing beam himself to the Klingon galaxy? Sure. Well, at that point, do you even need starships anymore? Like, if you can beam people that far out with anything, <laughs> I mean, like, like it just gets, it just becomes nonsense. He sacrifices plot for pace every time. Yeah, hundred percent. And he just hopes that nobody's paying enough attention to go, what was that? It's like dating like a really hot but crazy girl, you know, who you just think is so attractive, and then later you go. Wait, what did she say? I mean, like it's that kind of thing. He, he started off. He started that off with that Lost. That cuts deep for me. Sorry about that. He started that yeah, off with Lost. Right. You know, like we all loved Lost in the beginning, and then we started to go, "Is this, is this going anywhere?" You know, and then you kind of realize, like, you, 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 wait, you just keep throwing new stuff at it, but like, when are you going to resolve any of your? Uh, no, we're not going to. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, and I mean, like, what's what has he done that's awesome? Like, what I'm trying to figure out how he became this. Like, how did he become? Yeah, like, because he movie? makes. Yeah action movies exciting and so they everyone wants everything to be that and it's vapid and it's weak but luke what, what was going to be your I, I have so much i want to say i'm trying to keep it to the brevity <laughs> thing <laughs> one to two sentences dr bob one to two sentences uh that was more for gomer so oh. damn it you're fine yeah. <laughs> i'm the guest uh, man. No, i i heard a yeah exactly wait uh can I can I I'll call you Bob or you gonna call you I'm um, Dr. Bob or can, I, I want to be respectful can, of that. You can call me Bob. Luke Can I call you Al? Yeah. Yeah. You can call me Betty. <laughs> I love <laughs> anytime I can have like a Paul Simon and a and like a Chevy Chase reference, I'm going to take it. Um <laughs> good to know. Ball bearings. I, <laughs> I, I I heard a good thing about like uh when they were talking about like why does a JJ Abrams like when does he work? He works when other people write his stuff. Mm. 
So if you look at The Force Awakens, like part of it was good because you had the guy, uh, gosh, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but he but he wrote Empire and he wrote um, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, Lawrence Kasdan. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And then if you like, because he got big with like Felicity, I think this is like J.J. Abrams, and yeah, so. Right. If he had other people that are like I'm working on that uh, with them, then he kind of has loss. He just like he loves the mystery box. Yeah. And the problem is, is that Star Wars isn't a mystery box thing. It's a mythology. Right. It's like you can have an element of, like of mystery to it, but that's not uh, that's not what uh, makes it like interesting. It's just like these are you know I mean it's really based on like you know it's a uh, Joe Campbell's book I believe. Uh, I'm trying to play. Yeah, on man. That. Yeah, Joseph Campbell. Faces, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like it's that. I mean, it's that, right. and that's it's not the sort of like, uh, well, who knows? And he, like, who cares? It's it's just like, well, no, this has to hint to some really deep human like truths here that you're trying to go. So, yeah. anyways, well, I, his movies look I, beautiful. I, I mean, he, he, yeah. he visually they're stunning, and I think he mm-hmm. casts extremely well. I mean, yeah. and, that, yeah. and that's a really no, important part of directing is you get the right people in the right roles. And I, and I think, I mean, throughout not just Star Wars. I mean, I think his whole career, he casts really good actors for these roles, and there's a good pace to them, and there's a great look to them. But you just, when you just start scratching at them, they they fall apart pretty quickly. I think. I mean, some people don't care about that. You know, some people are just, hey, it looked great, it was fun, things exploded, I had a great time. But yeah. um, what I liked about Star the Trek Last One. Jedi, I know. What I liked about the Last Jedi is I thought it attempted at some really cool things, and I don't think it always made it. Um, but I loved the attempt. I loved some of those moments. I loved the, I loved the fact that I was sitting in a Star Wars movie, and for the first time since I can remember, I did not know what was going to happen next. Like I was yeah, really like, some real tension. holy crap, what is going to happen? You know, this wasn't paint by numbers anymore. I mean, with the prequels, you you pretty much knew who was going to live and who was going to die because you knew how. You know, they were all just essentially taking time to get into their starting places. And Force Awakens, I mean. There was some good stuff about it, but it was just Star Wars with some new characters thrown in. But the characters were, I thought, really engaging. I mean, I walked away from that being like, well, I'm interested in those new characters, you know, that that were a part of that. Um, And Last Jedi really tried to do something like, holy crap. What's going on? I've never, I haven't felt this way in a Star Wars movie in a, since since I was a kid and I left Empire Strikes Back, and I was like, "What's going on? I don't know," you know. And that's the stuff I loved about it. And unfortunately, I, I wish, you know, I, I the series would have been better if it was all Rian Johnson or if it was all J.J. Abrams. I think. I mean, no matter which one you like more mm-hmm. or less, the the fact that there is an inconsistency about the about them is i think one of the tragic things cuz i think there could have been really good ideas to build on but it just so felt like nobody was willing to pull the trigger or follow that through it's know. almost like disney should have hired that guy from marvel feige yeah right to yeah. help pay- oh yeah. wait he works for them. <laughs> like, yeah, I know, right? Well, hey, guys, we're going to sit in a room. We're going to flesh out some ideas. You remember the original Star Wars? Wonderful movie. Everyone loved it. You remember the prequels? Terrible movies. Not everyone loved it. There's some themes in there we like. But we're going forward. We're going to conclude the Luke Skywalker saga. We're going to move into the future of Star Wars. And, gentlemen, uh, we're going to lock you in your own separate rooms. You're going to invent your own scripts. And literally the last scene of the most anticipated movie will be concluded by in the last jedi luke skywalker just throwing the throwing his lightsaber over his shoulder <laughs> as a gag and the most important elements of our childhood we're just going to let you guys do whatever the hell you want 
And it was like, well, like what? What? How? How cool would it have been if the last, if the last episode, sorry, the last episode, if the last um, shot of episode nine was of uh, the kid in the barn and he does the force, like he, like you know, uh, he pulls his broom um, with the force. Like, you think it, that's, cool? yeah. that's where the trilogy should have ended with that kind of thing? I don't disagree. In fact, in many ways, I thought the last Jedi did such a. Did, did, I liked it, but did such a good job of that moment that it felt yeah. so I mean, satisfying. I didn't feel like I needed a ninth movie. Like I felt like that's actually so freaking cool. I mean, I agree with you, Luke. I think, I think in terms of like great moments in this trilogy, that for me stands out as one of the best moments because I felt like it really captured yeah. the heart of at least what I fell in love with when yeah. I watched Star Wars as a kid. That was a moment for me. It just gave me tingles. I was like, oh my was gosh. It- I, I when I was in the theater, I I liked that scene. I was like, "That's awesome! This is them expanding the force away from the Skywalker family. Yeah, this is yeah, how they're so gonna." I'm like, that, "That's yeah, well, that's gotta happen, like, right? Like, right. you can't. What else is I'm there to say about the Skywalker? Well, that's why they made the books Legends instead of the extended universe." Because the whole idea was it all revolved around Luke. It was Luke, and he started, you know, this is him building the Republic after, and he starts the new Jedi, and he has a kid, and his kid goes rogue, and, you know, and it just follows the same people. So I, I, I appreciate them saying, we need to close that chapter and move on. My problem with that scene of the little boy grabbing the force, using the force to grab the broom, this is the problem with that scene and how un-Star Wars-y it is. In, in one respect, he was a slave child that the rebels abandoned on the Monte Cassino planet after they freed the slave horses. Do you remember that? They feel so bad for <laughs> slave horses. They free the horses who will be free for an hour before the rich people send out their guards to go bring the horses back. And they abandoned the slave children. I, I, <laughs> I saw that and I was like. Wait a second. They'll go Wait back. a second. They'll go back for them. Oh, I'm sure since there's only 400 of them left right. and their ships are getting blown up left <laughs> and right. Oh, because so you they acknowledge can't... that they couldn't go back for them. <laughs> oh, man. Let me tell you, this You're is jaded. this is part of the world building that uh, that made me hate The Last Jedi. And, and this is what made me hate J.J. Abrams um, going through the three movies really quickly was there, there were like rules like – uh, when you go to hyperspace, you, you can't be tracked. Right, you're gone, and right. that's how you escape. But you you can't just jump into hyperspace anytime you want. You have to compute so you don't go jumping straight through the heart of a star and blah blah yeah, blah. Exactly. And exactly. then in the uh, in the Force Awakens, it is as if JJ, who had just come off of two Star Wars or Star Trek movies, still had no idea how space works. And so you have Star Killer Base, which fires a laser beam. <laughs> and the right. funny thing about that, they don't explain anything about the laser beam <laughs> no, other than it takes just uh, it a absorbs, really big laser beam. Yeah, it absorbs sunlight, an and entire it, sun, not just sunlight. And it happens all in like real time. But it's almost as if all yeah. these planets live in like the same solar system. Yeah, that's like what I was going to say. And all you have to do is just look up no matter where in the galaxy you, you are. You just go, see a red crap. line. Yeah. Yeah, apparently in J.J. Abrams like universe, like everything is within like a few thousand miles of each other. Yeah, yeah. And and so then you see that and you're like, what in the hell? Now, I read the book for episodes, so I began ravenously consuming all of the new canon. Mm. And I read the book for episode whatever it is, eight, seven. seven, And it was the first hyperspace weapon. The laser itself could enter hyperspace. 
And that's what made it so fantastic and terrifying is you didn't have to have a ship. Right. You just had the beam. But they don't explain that in the movie. And no. this is the problem is there's so much um, – there's unanswered stuff not in the sense of mystery, mysticism, mythology. There's unanswered stuff because it's clumsily done. Yeah. So then you go into The Last Jedi – and now you use hyperspace as a weapon. The the great, beautiful final scene where uh, Purple Hair goes room, through, yes. yeah, goes through all the ships, completely wiping them all out. Despite the fact the whole chase was the dumbest thing on the face of the earth. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. You mean to tell Running me that out the of gas? And then and then they essentially had to make the solo movie make that the entire plot line. They love to do this. They, like, make a huge yeah. plot line. I mean, Rogue One is essentially an entire movie fixing a plot hole. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. so they just do stuff, <laughs> and they figure, you know, someone's going to write a book about it. We'll just make another movie about it. You know, there'll be comic books about this. Like, we'll fix this later. You know, they fix everything in post. I mean, that's just yeah. the attitude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They can't fix plot in post. <laughs> they, they finally thought, no, let's, let's anticipate something. And this is what I thought was so just genius in a stupid way, right? Four ceiling, which was canon for how long? A day and a half because they released the Mandalorian episode on Wednesday, which showed Baby Yoda being able to force heal. Oh, yeah. And they're like, okay, it's canon now. We're going to do it like 12 times in this movie. You know, and if people are like, where'd that come from? Well, didn't you see Mandalorian on Wednesday? Like, what's your problem, geek fan? You know, like, <laughs> it's just like they're like, wait, we normally release it on Fridays, but if we release it on Wednesday, ah, oh, then nobody Rattles. can argue with us. That is so funny. I did. I was like, oh, there's a new episode of The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. great. Yeah, that was why they did it on Wednesday. That was why they did that whole lead up is because they wanted to show somebody force healing. And then she can do it, you know, with the snake and then with Ben and Ben can do it with her. And it be, again, it's just another. I didn't know they had that power. You know, sometimes it, it feels like if you ever pay attention to some of the differences in the comic books between like DC and Marvel, DC will always have their characters create, like, a new power to get them out of a new situation. Uh, all you know? the time. Like, all Superman's time. coming up, you know, the Flash is coming up with a new power. Like, they're screwed. You know, Batman found something new in his utility belt. And they always find, like, some new power to get them over something. That is the exact same way that Abrams approaches movies. We'll give them a new power. You know, I didn't know that. I don't know if you, you saw this. So I, there was an interview with J.J. about what um, Finn was trying to tell yeah. Ray. <laughs> When I left the movie theater, I go, wait, what the hell was Finn trying to say? <laughs> right. Oh, they bring it up three times, and he never says he it. He never says it. Well, and then you find out um, that he wanted to tell Ray that he was Force-sensitive. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. What the hell? I, yeah, I, I what? saw Yeah. Like, A, is, like this, is this what you want to tell somebody with your last breath? I'm Force-sensitive. Isn't yeah. that cool? That, uh, you know, like, what? I'm about to die, but I have the gift of tongues. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm is... about to be hit by a car, but guess who can be slain in the spirit now? That so pissed me off. And I'll tell you, the thing that I hate the most about the trilogy, the, the sequels, is what they did to John Boyega's character. So did, for the first wait, time... Did they do something to his character? I'd love to hear about yeah, well, ex exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. He Okay, so first movie, he's he's funny. You can tell he's crushing on Ray when he's asking her about... Totally. Does she have a boyfriend? That right. scene was funny. Little that slaps. was fun, yeah. 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 But it was fun. The Last Jedi took him and turned him into a goofball idiot 
that like the scene where he's like someone just died a bunch of rebels just died and the next scene immediately and this is the thing that they do in the last jedi over and over again as soon as there's a serious moment there's a one-liner or a slapstick goofy thing that tries to lighten the mood and it ends up doing the exact opposite it cheapens the the painful thing that happened right before it so he pops out of the icu with all these water hoses coming off him and all this (laughs) stuff but the the thing about him that makes sense like the fact that he's force sensitive i i was watching that and when uh a buddy of mine sent me a text um joey angry catholic he sent me a text and he said no it's that he's force sensitive because he liked the movie and I was telling him how much I didn't like it. And he said, uh, he's force sensitive. And I, he said, yeah, JJ confirmed it. And so did some others. And I said, now that's cool because it confirms how as a stormtrooper who had been kidnapped as a child and all this stuff and conditioned, why he was able to feel bad for killing innocents. He couldn't do it. Then he watched the death of one of his buddy stormtroopers and it just wrecked him. And I was like, that's cool. It's like the force... Um, is pulling him to the to the to the light side so that he can eventually meet up with Ray and all that stuff, et cetera, et cetera. But then this is the thing: JJ undoes that. Wait, well, number one, uh, what is his name? Ryan. I always say Ryan, but that's not it. Rian. Rian Johnson. He. No, uh, I think it's Ryan. I think it's. I think it's I Roseanne. It was Ryan, but it's Roseanne. Yeah. No. Roseanne. Roseanne Johnson in the Last Jedi turned him into a goofball and never. John Goodman never hit the uh, the Force stuff. Never hinted at it with him. And then you go, which you know, it would make sense at the end of the Force Awakens because he's using a lightsaber, and even though he gets his you know slashed up, he still is able to hold his own for a little bit. But then we come to the third movie, and I thought, how cool. If you think about it, he, as as a stormtrooper, he converted, as it were. That's amazing. And then you find out, oh, no, there's a, a there's a random planet where the Death Star is that you have this whole group of people, and they're a whole battalion, I think she said, or a company of stormtroopers who said, who rose up and said, we're not going to kill innocent people. And I'm like, wait, are they all Force-sensitive, too? She might be, but are they all? <laughs> None of this makes sense anymore. Now the uniqueness of John Boyega's character, which could have been pivoted into something bigger, is now shat upon by both directors, including Jar Jar himself. So it just it just frustrated me to no end. Yeah, I can, I can tell. I can hear the anger in your voice. <laughs> and it wasn't even my childhood. I was 10. <laughs> I, I guess, like, one of the big issues I, I have with – so I lo- I'm kind of I'm like you, Bob. Like, I liked it, but I had such low expectations because I would heard everyone say that it was awful. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go in and accept it for however it is, and I just I just want to see cool Star Wars stuff. Yeah. yeah. So that's all – so I like seeing Chewbacca run. I like seeing Chewbacca get all sad when Le- – oh, yeah, spoilers – um, a galore on here, but yeah. I liked when you know, like Chewbacca gets sad when Umleya dies. Like I, I liked so there was stuff in there that I kind of liked, but yeah. I, it, I don't. There was nothing really. There's, there, I don't like. Why did they make this besides money? Like, let's take the whole like we want to um the money out of the equation. Why make these movies? I think it's because the fans wanted them. I mean, again, I think that that goes back on us. Like. We were excited about them. They knew we were excited about them. Um, you know, there's a lot of anticipation about it. And I, though I, I would say that I think some of the quote-unquote problem, and, and Gorman, you mentioned this earlier, like I, don't, I didn't think the Skywalker saga needed to be concluded. I thought it was. No. 
Like I yeah. thought it, I yeah. thought it was fine. Yeah. And in fact, in some ways, they had to create a reason, like a character arc. Like I know, you know, people were upset with Last Jedi because Luke had gotten like all emo and depressed and stuff like that. But they needed to give him an arc of some sort. You know, otherwise he'd be as interesting as Yoda, right? You know, like there there needed to be something there. Maybe you could say well, maybe they could have done it better or maybe they could have done something different. But I just felt like all of that spoke to a fact that th- there wasn't any the, – the, the Skywalker saga concluded at Return of the Jedi. You know, I, I understand mm-hmm. doing yeah. prequels that lead us to there, but there was never any what happens in 789. And, and unfortunately, in order to make us feel that way – I mean, just the immediate, just the immediacy of the the first order. Like, what is that? Why is it there? What the crap is that about? People don't know what the force is anymore. I mean, it's only been like thirty years. I know. Like, yeah, you know, that was weird. Like they they, they yeah. tried to just restart all the storylines and all the plot lines. I mean, so from the get go, this is stupid because. We don't care about it, you know. And then I like how we jump from a first order to a final order. It's like, wouldn't that just be the second order? Like there hasn't been enough in there to call it <laughs> final, right? Um, part first order, part two. So this time it's personal. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. first blood. Um, so I mean, I think like all of that whole idea of reconning, retconning storylines, character arcs. It it was. I just thought it was completely unnecessary. I didn't need to know that you know Han and Leia got divorced and their their kid became a mass murderer. I I didn't need to know that Luke was living in an island somewhere and and finding the resolves of those things. I, okay, you know I I didn't feel like I sleep better at night now that I know all these things are are good. Now the one thing I would say, and I think for me the the redeeming thing of the whole trilogy trilogy is Ben Solo. I mean, Adam Driver saved yeah. the trilogy. I thought he's an that amazing he's actor. an amazing yeah. actor. I, I also thought Ray did great. I thought uh, Daisy mm-hmm. Ridley mm-hmm. did really well with him. I thought those moments, for me, like the high point of the entire trilogy was the two of them fighting in the throne room in Last Jedi. But after that, that whole, wait, I thought you're turning, I thought you're turning, he's holding out his hand, please. I mean, like, that's like cinema. Like, that's... Holy crap! What's happening? What's going on? I loved, you know, the memory of Han Solo coming back in Rise of Skywalker. Him repeating mm-hmm. the lines he said earlier. Him throwing away the lightsaber. I mean, that for me is enjoyable. And like when I think of why did this trilogy work for me, it's definitely the whole, you know, Kylo Ren Ben Solo arc. Uh, I like what happened with Rey as well. But if anything, Rey was more of a service to the Ben Solo story. I mean, like that was, you know, he was the one that died at the end. He was the one who faded away at the end. Uh, I was upset that he wasn't standing (laughs) there with them at the end. What the crap was that about? I mean, yeah. But, but like that, so that's what I loved about it. Like that was what made me say, okay, this was great for this reason with lots of other faults along the way, with lots of other problems. Um, that, that was that, that for me, you know, that, that love covered a multitude of cinema sins of which there was a multitude of cinema sins, I would have to say. So, so yeah. you just said something that I, I pretty much agree with. I think um, Adam Driver as the angsty Sith Lord wannabe, uh, I thought that I thought it was unique. I thought it was great. I thought they, I, I, I liked the four Skype calling that they him yes. and Daisy yes. did. Yeah, yeah. Again, 
it's a totally new thing yep. that has never been in the world building of the force or anything like that. Um, but I thought that was an interesting advancement of the mythology of the force and all that. I thought and, that was cool. And you know, I just um, want to interrupt, but they treated it like a new thing. That's what I liked about it. Yes. They gave yeah. it like a, what the crap is this? They explored it. They built on it. They made sense of it. The other new things are like, oh yeah, we can do that now. Oh, oh yeah, oh, oh, oh. exactly. And it was yeah. just a, a thing. It wasn't a, so that was a plot device that drove the plot. Yes. Those other things were like, Deus machina, machina, right? right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but the thing that I, uh, I think about is so ironic that you said that is this sequel of of star wars was supposed to be the most woke of all the star wars right it was (laughs) supposed to be i mean they hired kathleen kennedy to drive the diversity from the very beginning star wars is not just about 13 year old boys who love this thing it's much bigger than just luke ignoring leia it's much bigger than all this stuff it's about having diversity so everyone can love star wars and uh, i was talking with uh, an african-american dude at my church and he says my son has john boyega has a fin shirt yeah. and he's like how cool is that and i said yeah it's real cool i love that but you just said you <laughs> think that redeems the sequels <laughs> is the ben solo story arc and how ray props up ben solo I know. <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy must be hating her. You don't need no what I mean, but they turned her into a Mary Sue. She wasn't interesting. She, she wasn't was interesting. overpowered from day one. With she didn't no go on a journey. Huh? Yeah, with no explanation. And even saying that she's the granddaughter of somebody, that's still not an explanation. Yeah, and the best part about it was you can tell that JJ took some of the critiques of her apart because she not only, like, from the very beginning, she could wield a lightsaber. And I was one of those apologists for The Force Awakens. I was like, no, she can handle that staff thing. She was a fighter because she had to be a scavenger. But then well, it's it, like, but come on, he's a trained, he was trained by Luke and then trained by Snoke. Like, he right. started a whole crew called the Knights of Ren, who sucked, by the way, in the third movie. Yeah. Um, we have metal weapons! Um, <laughs> but I, th- I do think there's this cool element to her of, I, I think it would have been very interesting if they if it had been a little b- bit more of a why can i do this yeah yeah and they did you know, absolutely like, absolutely and like i didn't um like so there were really two things of ray that i really like and it was one in the first film when she's just being so innocent when she's yeah. you know yes. eating and just trying to have fun and she and she just has such a good heart yeah, and she puts and on the then, helmet, the little rebel yeah, helmet. Yeah, and, and she's just, you know, she's trying her, but, you know, she's clearly suffering a lot, but she's doing everything she can to be a good person and to find happiness in where she, in, you know, where she is. Like, she's almost like, like, she is looking to the sky, but only just because she wants to know, like, where her parents are. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, like, isn't this, like, whole, like, like, why am I alive you know, thing. It's just yeah. like I'm. You know, I'm happy. I'm where I am, but I'd love to know I'm where my family is. And then I thought it was very interesting. This is one of the things that I that I enjoyed about the rise of Skywalker when she gives into her anger and she actually. So like most, so like most of the Jedi when they when they um, fight, it's out of defense. She t- straight up just attacks for like half the film. And I thought that was real. And I kind of like um, I uh, and. I like that about her of this like when she was kind of pushed towards her like the problem was I think her being pushed toward her limits in that uh, like why she was pushed th- yeah. that far it wasn't earned yeah yeah 
You know, so I, I think it would have been more interesting if you took because in the in the Last Jedi, there is this desperation of like the entire or uh, the entire like, rebellion, the resistance now is on the Millennium Falcon. Like that's crazy. And so if it was out of this, like almost like I'm gonna attack out of like this like desperation to try to like you know help this group here, I think that would have been that's how she you know to maybe be drawn into the dark side by like th- yeah. through through like just being I'm desperate. Um, as opposed to, but then I also understood this whole like she just wants to know who she is, and so she's angry that she, yeah. of like what she's. My whole point being, I thought it was interesting when she, when they were fighting on uh, the second Death Star. Which is, <laughs> that's a whole other issue. I'm like, we all saw it get blown up. We literally all saw this for 30 years. This thing happened. Yeah. Anywho, it just fell um, into the water. Yeah, all the important parts. Um, but like when she, I mean, she really attacked, and, the and I still like open. when, she, yeah, like that was really cool. Like when she, like, and I, I um, so I don't when I, she I, went I savage on Ben Solo, on yeah, the, like and, Luke and so, did Darth Vader in Return yeah. of the Jedi. Yeah, like I'm not really upset that she's a Mary Sue. It is kind of annoying. It's a, th- but it, but it's more. I, I like. I think it would have been fine if they had maybe just gone into why did she have this. Yeah. But instead, all we got at the end was she hears the voice of all of the Jedi's for me from the uh, two cartoons and then all of the other films, and then she just pulls up two lightsabers and just goes, and then it's the end. And I'm yeah. like, that's it. She stops force lightning. That okay was wiping out an entire fleet, <laughs> and then it's directed at her, and all she needs is a second lightsaber, and she's cool. Yeah. I yeah, and so the stupid. other thing, yeah, the other thing that um, I I think the last movie, The Rise of Skywalker, was trying to do too much, and in J.J. Abrams style, takes you from one fast-paced thing to the next to the next to the next. But then when you step back and you realize it, you realize like every scene really wasn't there was no there there, like there was there was very devoid of substance, and then. Um, the whole movie, you realize, the whole thing, the literal plot was that as well. Going from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing to thing. We got this dagger. The dagger has Sith runes on it. And then, oh, wait, we can't read the Sith runes. We need yeah, to see 3PO. Yeah, it was like watching now a Dora the Explorer cartoon. Like, it was it like, you was, know, let's, yeah. let's go here and then to the mountain and then to the Death Star. And that whole, like, holding up the knife. Yeah. And that tells you where the, what? Like, <laughs> that tells you where the Sith holocron is, or whatever the, the like. So that who, was so who crafted ridiculous. a knife based on like ruins in a freaking ocean, thinking, "Oh, this is gonna, this is gonna last for a good long time." This is a really not just the knife, <laughs> not just the dagger in the shape of it, but then that hidden piece that has to come out to pinpoint it. <laughs> it but was, only if, but only if you're standing at exact that exact right spot. spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was just so much stupidness like that. It just, yeah, it. it it's just JJ being JJ, man. It's JJ being JJ, and death just... doesn't matter either. No, death doesn't <laughs> matter. No, nothing matters. There are no consequences. Like uh, Chewie's dead. How epic would that have been if Chewie was dead? And she had to, and her temptation to the dark side was struggling over her power of what she did. To but the... like that would have that would have been interesting because like again that's like that's why I'm not opposed to her having this you know crazy power exactly. that she doesn't understand. But there's no. But you've got to explain so, okay. it. But she's Palpatine's granddaughter. Yeah, yeah. So see, there you go. See, I wish that so I, I wish that they would have I mean, like it or not, I wish they would have built on the stuff that The Last Jedi put forward, right? Like if you were if you were upset 
that, okay, she's a nobody. I actually thought that was amazing. And I was just interested. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, now what? So if you're a nobody, then how did you get this power? Like what is going on with you that all these things are happening with? And, I mean, it was just almost awkward, like that yeah, that yeah. Ren-Ray conversation, like, okay, well, I know I said they were nobodies, right? And they are. I mean, they were. Okay, they pretended to be, but really they were the children of the emperor. And which it, makes no sense. It, which makes no sense. I mean, just – When I just did he have just sex? My jaw dropped. Like, when did he have sex? <laughs> when did the emperor – when he was I all mean, disfigured? Yeah. <laughs> because in the the Rise of the Sith or Revenge of the Sith movie – that was 30 years before. Yeah. It, so he had to be a disgusting uh, dark sider walking around. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And someone had sex with that. And then, what was he like? Did they get? What did they get him for Father's Day? Right. World's world's best emperor, galaxy's best emperor. Right. Yeah. Like, come on, that doesn't make sense. Like, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. That, it's but, so but, stupid. Now, so here's my question to you. I, I, I got a couple of these questions, but I think this one. When I got out of that movie, I said to myself, "Huh." It's not really the Skywalker saga. It's the Palpatine saga. Yes. Because the ninth movie retcons the seventh and the eighth movie. I think it does more than that. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. But he reinserts Snoke, all the temptations. Uh, Snoke, who this is, again, the slap against Ryan Johnson. Snoke, there's three Snoke, Snoke uh, bodies in a vat for cloning. And so he doesn't, like, he just, okay, so he was Snoke all along. He was always there. He w- And then in the prequels. Right, he's the one getting the Trade Federation to do the thing that you know leads to the thing, the thing, the thing. Like, it's him. It's not the Skywalker saga. It's the Palpatine saga. Well, or I think you could at least say it's the Skywalker versus Palpatine saga. Yeah, but I don't think you should have. No, I like, agree. That's the part I, I about the sequels. Agree. I mean, I think the fact that you bring him back, you cheapen what. Yeah, you cheapen what was happening before, and again, not even the an explanation. You just, you're, See, you're just not even explaining how that happened or why that happened. I mean, yep. it, yeah, it's just it's just ridiculousness. It's it's catering to a fan base. Well, let's bring Palpatine back. Everybody likes Palpatine. They like that laugh. Yeah. But then it was weird. Like, go kill her. Oh, I didn't want him to kill you. I wanted you to yeah. be here. That was your strategy. Like what? And then and then he about? shows up with her and he goes, "Oh wait, I'm going to throw away all my 30 year plans, and now there's a dyad, so I can just suck your life out of you, and I can be well, and I can keep ruling instead of you killing me, and then I rule through you." But I was trying like, to also just, figure out like if so, she's not going to kill him, but then she's going to kill him. Like wait, like <laughs> I thought you. I know. She can't win so, here, can't she? Because like she's supposed to kill you anyway. Wasn't that the whole thing? And now she's going to kill you. But maybe is it because Ben Solo's there? It was stupid. Like, there's almost no way to make sense of it. It's just nonsensical. Like, there's no it, – it's just dumb. Like, that whole thing – again, the fact that Ren gave his life for Ray. I mean, that was awesome stuff. But, like, the stuff that went along with it – I mean, and we're only talking about some of the characters. Like, that whole movie, they kept throwing things in the beginning so they could fix them at the end. You know, like the whole – Poe hot wiring the thing, man. You got to tell me how you do that someday. As if, yeah, we've been, you've been a shady character all along. Oh, now you're a spice yeah. runner, a runner of spice. Like repeating things isn't actually comedy. You know, it's just a strange, Ugh. you know, never underestimate a droid. Like five minutes later, hey, never underestimate a droid. It's like, what yeah. are you doing? Like, you can't even, yeah, you, you can't. It's uh, so okay. I have an idea. Tell me what you, what you think about this. What if the whole trilogy, and I, again, so I'm not, I, 
I'm kind of like I almost didn't like the Last Jedi, but I um I appreciate um what it was trying to do. But like, I would have been okay if they'd brought back Palpatine from the beginning. Sure, but then Ray is created by the midichlorians. As in, you have like the Skywalker versus like Palpatine, you know, kind of like uh whole like whole like whole like whole thing, and it's this thing of like, oh, this is the Force trying to correct oh, the Sith, and we're seeing this like play out here because I heard this really interesting theory <clears throat> that I don't know how I feel about it, but I think this is I think this is what they were going for, which is that the Palpatine that like we see in in the rise of Skywalker is the real Palpatine. The one we see in the um, original Star Wars and in the prequels are just mind-controlled clones. And what you're seeing is like this person who's been around for like years and years and years, like, you know, and it's actually, and I don't know if I agree with this or not, but it, it, it is kind of interesting I think of this guy who's like <laughs> so that's how he survived. Like so basically, like his clone dies at the end of that the like end of Return of the Jedi. I just feel like why do we have to spend so much time explaining what we think they meant? I mean, it's, it's I know, I know, it, it's, it's crazy. like a sci-fi yeah. version of a Pope Francis talk on an airplane. Like everybody has to jump <laughs> in and say, "Well, no, no." I mean, what he really, you know, if you look at the context, in the I Italian. mean, he, he, he really, yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, like you're always just bending That's over true. backwards trying to be like, "No, no, no." I'm, I'm sure he meant, I'm sure he meant well by this and what he said. And, and if you look at this talk he gave in this year, it really says this clearly. So obviously now he can't, you know. Yeah. It's just, it's just tragic. <laughs> Pope Francis on an airplane or this movie? <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe you know the worst thing would be Pope Francis on an airplane watching this movie, <laughs> <laughs> giving an ongoing commentary, <laughs> yeah. being like that Life Day thing. That oh, sorry, that that Day of the Ancestors. <laughs> yeah. there's something to be learned from that. Um, yeah. Besides um, Lando just showing up, being like, hey. No, don't even start with like, What was he doing Lando at that Burning terrible. Man concert? I mean, he was just, just hanging so out. Issues. He was just, him well, and Luke you know went to look for the his, dagger and he stayed there. Do you know that's supposed there. to be his daughter? No. Yes. No, that's I, what they alluded I, I, to. I no, no, no. It's going to be in the novel, bro. It's, it's, it is. F, it will. They, they F, had a whole storyline that he lost his daughter <laughs> to the First Order and that that's his daughter. And they cut it from the movie, but it's going to be in the novel. Because right now it just makes him look creepy. Like, let's find out. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. like, I'm pansexual. <laughs> give, my, give my love to Leia. Yeah. Give your um, love to her yourself. And he's like, <laughs> You're like, why is this here? Why is this here? I got to get a shower now. Great. You know, speaking speaking of being woke, Greg Iwinski, I know a friend of the show, um, had just, a, you know, an insightful thing. He said, isn't that nice that they found Finn, another black woman, who was also a former slave? You know? I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love it's like, Greg. Right, like, this was supposed to be woke. I mean, the, the first time they have an Asian female lead. Let's I know. Just, what happened to that? Know, I, I need to keep a watch on the radios and stuff. It's like, what? Yeah, because no one liked her. Oh, I She liked was her. a terrible, think... everything she was in The Last Jedi was terrible. Okay, so think but about this. Think about this. In the new... The new canon Star Wars books, which I've read, uh, there's a great one of the military follows the video games. I can't remember what they're called. But there's this one where it's just they're just troops fighting on behalf of the rebellion. And one of the cornerstones of fighting on behalf of the rebellion is the, the troops aren't cynical because they know they can leave at any time. 
right? The whole idea is like, no, we are fighting for freedom. We're not going to enslave you in order to fight for freedom, even though it's wartime and we need you on the front lines, right? So that's, and it's like this idea of hope and truth and freedom that everyone is fighting for that binds people together, not the fear of getting shot if they leave the front lines. But then you have Rose's character, who I like the actress. I think she's wonderful. You have her... The very beginning of the movie, what is she doing? She's standing guard in front of the life pods in case people are so scared that they're going to die that they try to save themselves and get away. And she's electrocuting them. And she's she's just sitting. Yes, she is tasing them. That's how her character starts. And her character ends. It couldn't have been a more worse scene. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. That kiss is so... Dumb. Finn is going to, it's even bigger than that. Finn is going to die. He's going to, you know, here we go, rebels. He's going to be the third suicide bomber of these heroic rebels. Thank you, Ryan Johnson. And he's flying into the ray because if the ray hits the thing, it's going to knock down the wall and all of the rebellion is going to die. They're the last of the, excuse me, resistance. They're the last ones, right? That, that's what the whole premise of the purple-haired general was saying. They're all going to die. Or they're all they're they're all that's left. So they're hiding in this mountain cave with this huge door sealing them in, and the first order is about to knock it down. And and Finn realizes he's the only one that can stop it. So he gets on his skier thing and is going to fly into it. And she, impossibly out of nowhere, out of, out of nowhere. an impossible angle, yes. smashes into his thing, causing this huge wreck. And they're right in front of the first order. No one's shooting at them. And she says, Yeah. And she stops him from saving everyone's life. And the best part is, she says, We're going to win this war by not dying for what we believe in, but by, you know, living for each other. Not fighting what we hate, but, you know, yeah. Yeah. Living for those we love. Yeah. And then she kisses him. Right. And as she's kissing him, the death ray destructo device fires into the rebel base <laughs> and destroys the walls. So it's not just that, like, oh, here's this heroic, empathetic character who is trying to, you know, get to the heart of what the rebellion is about. It's about life. It's like there are less than 400 of us alive and we're all in one room and you just let them go into that one room. They didn't know Ray was coming. They didn't know Luke was going to force ghosts, but not force ghosts himself halfway across the galaxy. And it was such a stupid scene. And her character was so ridiculous. Like the whole Cento bite Monica Casino scene where she's like, yeah, this is the only way you can get really rich is if you sell arms. And so so she just wants or to hurt rich people. if you're in the entertainment people. industry, oops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. But it's like, it was so, everything about her, so it was widely acknowledged that her character, the, the character, the role that she served in the movies was weird. It didn't fit, and it, and it was just dumb. And so J.J., I mean, that's another one of those F.U.s to Ryan Johnson, which she's yeah. like, not only did she say, like, no, I have to stay here and finish my studies or do the radio thing, but then but then Finn, like, pats her on the shoulder and is like, okay, adios. Yeah, see, yeah I guess somebody <laughs> actually clocked her at, like, a minute and ten seconds. Yeah. yeah like, that's as much time as she had. And even, with, even though I agree with a lot of what you said, so write something better for her. I know. Like, well, she, that's she's a great thing. actress. She had a key part in the second movie. <laughs> Give her an arc. Give her something cooler to do. Have her... Tase more bros. Yeah, just write something better. But yeah, and, but I mean, and, and you're right. In this day and age, like the optics on that is so 
Wow. Okay. Well, we're back to just white people again. You know, <laughs> like that's all we're. Yeah. That's really all we're able to to focus on and do. And because yeah. if America has taught us anything, it's that <laughs> black civil rights movement has been completely co opted by all the other movements that involve white people, feminism, LGBT stuff. And sorry, blacks, so, your 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 problems will never be heard or satisfied. I was just glad that Poe and Finn didn't make out at the end. Really, at, at that point, I was just. <laughs> Thank you. You know, like, but thank God we had at least one same sex. At least we had. Now it's canon. (laughs) Now it's. Was there anything like else that maybe we liked? (laughs) Okay, one more comment. One more comment on the. No, no. Okay. Well, we we, we just complained for an hour. Yeah, that's true. Thing I liked. So this is this is the description that someone said of this movie. It was like drinking a uh, a room temperature water when you're not thirsty. It wasn't terrible. It's not going to make you sick, but it doesn't satisfy anything. And I left and I was like, yeah, that was a Star Wars movie. Okay. Um, what did I like? I liked... Huh. What did I like about the movie? Okay, I'll start. You go. I liked Han Solo. I just like seeing Harrison Ford playing Han Solo. Whatever. Man, I will, man, I will brush your it. hair. Brush your what, hair, Han I don't, Solo. I, I, no, I don't care. It was great. I got a little almost choked up yeah, totally. seeing that. I was like, screw it. It's Harrison Ford as Han Solo. <laughs> that was awesome. Two, I liked when they showed Uncle Luke training Leia, like seeing when they did the whole like yeah. uh, like age thing on their face. That was awesome. I like that too. I just like seeing. I just like seeing that. So there's that. <laughs> those are two things that I liked. Yeah. Those are those are good things. I liked. I mean, I, I know I spent a lot of time critiquing it, but I liked the movie. I mean, I just like sci-fi, and I like Star Wars, yeah, and too. even bad sci-fi and bad Star Wars. I'm still like, it's still sci-fi, it's still Star Wars, and I love the characters. Again, uh, the arc of Kylo Ren made the whole thing. The look of it was great. It was fun to see some of those. It did old look characters. cool at certain times. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I thought there was actually quite a lot to like of it. And again, though, I went into it with low expectations. Generally, just trying to get over my issues with however J.J. is going to do films, seeing this more like an epilogue, like a fan fiction thing. You know, I, I, I didn't go into it with the weight of this is the conclusion of the Skywalker saga. I was like, that happened in Return of the Jedi. Here's some right. cool movies, you know, about a different group, and it's kind of interesting to see what's going to happen with these. I think everybody can agree I, I, the movie would have probably looked a lot different had Carrie Fisher not died. Because they were talking about that was going to be the focus of this. And so even once she passed away, there's almost just another additional feeling of like, well, now we really don't need this movie. Like that was the one thing I wanted to see. How is she? And they tried to do it, you know, like she died and then he kind of froze and she got stabbed and then he got healed. That whole fight scene on the top of the Death Star was really strange to me. I wasn't exactly sure what they were going for in some of those moments, um, except to set up what was happening next, right? I mean, I would have loved to have seen her confront him or her be in trouble and him try to save her or her give her life in front of him, and that is what, you know, like there's so many awesome things that you just can't do now, right? You just, you absolutely can't do it. I think it would have given it weight. I think it would have felt so satisfying to find a real way other than her just kind of dying on a couch somewhere in another planet, um, you know, that a mother is going to save her son. And then some of the retcon stuff of like, oh, well, Leia always knew you were uh, Palpatine's granddaughter. What? Oh, well, Leia, when she was younger, knew I can't be a Jedi because someday I'm going to have to die to save my son. What? Like, 
like, thanks for letting us know about this now, you know, like within the moment yeah, of down. the reveal. I mean, there was just so much yeah. clumsiness. And I mean, I, I really feel like they wish they could have gone back and planted these seeds and maybe planned for an ending. And instead they just throw everything together. But you, but in, in a way you have to have sympathy towards the movie. It's like, but she died. Like she died. Yeah. And so then so they had you- to do something else. I, I actually really hope, I'm sure this, I don't think this will happen, but I would love somebody to write a book. Maybe they'll do this in the novelization on some level. That just does more Leia. I mean, I, I don't see why in the novelization mm-hmm. they always add stuff to it. I'm really hoping they have a lot more Leia stuff. And even giving somebody the freedom to say, okay, tell the story as if this actress didn't die and you weren't dependent on her for uh, for doing that, right? Like that is what – that's what I think is maybe the biggest tragedy of I agree. of the trilogy that we'll, we'll never get to see the ending that could have been that I think would have made a huge difference. You know, and it would have made it feel more like the end of the Skywalker saga and more, more connected. So all they could do is, well, who's still alive? Ian McDermott's alive. Okay, we'll bring Palpatine back. You know, like we need to bring somebody back. You know, that was there and resolve some kind of issue. We'll create an issue, and then we'll try to resolve it. So, yeah, I mean, I I, I have sympathy towards the movie for those things. And to be honest, though, I'm just kind of glad it's over. Like, I'm glad the Skywalker stuff mm-hmm. is over, and I'm excited mm-hmm. to see what's next. I'm excited to, you know, again, Mandalorian yeah. is showing. There's stories to be told. Let's go Knights of the Old Republic. Let's, let's go Knights of the Old yeah, Republic. Yeah, let's just do Heck more other yes. things. We, the, the universe is what's cool about it, and let's enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would be totally fine if they're, like, 200 years in the future, 1,000 years yeah. in the future. Yeah. Let's just Let's just, you know... Whatever, like I, I would love to see, um, like I, I like it is. I, I understand why people crap on the politics of the Phantom Menace, but I would love to see an Aaron Sorkin like Star Wars film that's all about politics, kind of like uh, 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 not Civil War, uh, Winter Soldier, right. yeah. You know, where they had Robert Redford yeah. and they had the no, spy but angle. I don't even want any action. Okay. <laughs> like, like, oh. like, like, I just want, like, you just want just long dialogues. <laughs> yeah. Like, but, like, fast talking on the dialogues where everyone's I'm walking around all, like, important and, and, and intense. Like, I, I think I would do with Star Wars what they're starting to do with the, like, with the, um, the Marvel movies, which is just taking, like, director and saying, go and do your thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I would love to see. Like Tarantino in Star Wars, I'd love to see a Coen Brothers Star Wars film. Uh, just you go and do your meditation upon like on what it means to be a man, and use the Star Wars world and do that. I think that'd be awesome. Like I, I think a Coen Brothers Star Wars film, like, um, I, like what else can you do with it besides like, like what I don't like? What scares me is they're just trying to try to recapture a New Hope. And find that one thing they can build a trilogy off of. And I just, I think that's the worst. I think don't try to tell any more stories tied into the Skywalker saga. Just, like, it's all done now. Let's just, like, fresh template, new start. I I like the fact that they tried to do something with Finn and Poe as, like, it almost felt like someone said it's like six movies in one movie, and you only got snippets of the six movies. And right. one of them was the buddy comedy of Finn and Poe. And I think I think their friendship could have actually been a thing that was better done. Um, but That's what I like we needed. we needed like a threes company type sitcom. 
Exactly. Of them just exactly. flying around in a ship, arguing with each other all the time. Come and knock on my falcon. <laughs> <laughs> who left the tube of toothpaste? Off? Who left the lid off the toothpaste? Oh, Finn. One of the great lines was when she did like the Jedi mind trick pose says, does she do that to us? Like that was, yeah. that was a great line. There, there One of the a, dumbest lines. Uh, what, what was? Oh man, I already forgot it. It was the droid. Like, never mess with a droid. Or yeah, oh yeah. Oh, never, and then they said it literally. Droid. Yeah, and then they but said it literally think, five actually, minutes later. One of the later. funniest lines in all of the movies happened with C three PO. Oh, Boba Frick is my oldest and dearest friend. Like that yeah, wasn't that actually. Was like, yeah, that was. Funny. Dude, that was genuine. It wasn't forced. It wasn't like that's yeah. just funny. Like that's yeah, just that was stuff. a funny. So line. there was there so was I, moments. I, the the most moments. human character in the movie was C three PO. <laughs> Actually, I have a really interesting point. Okay. You know who liked this movie a bunch was my wife. I thought you were going to say Bishop has... Barron. <laughs> Bishop Robert Barron. Barron. Yeah. Something something like Balthasar. I'm like, I agree now. Everything's changed. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, she has barely seen any of the original stuff. I don't think she's seen all, like, a one whole prequel. But she's gone to all of the news trilogy um, with me, so she has a vague idea of like like Ray and Kylo Ren thing, and so she was just like, "That was fun." Like she walked away and be like, "I like that." And see, that's like, the way huh. you have to see these movies, and that's why yeah. having them associated with Luke Skywalker shouldn't have been a thing. They should have been excellent standalone movies. With a whole new, yeah, I like your idea. Hundred years later, so we don't have to deal with like we're building the rebel or the the new republic, and it's and like you don't oh, need I don't want to wanna... upset people's conceived notions of what they wanted Luke to be doing or what yeah. they were hoping, you know, Han and Leia would be doing. I mean, it's just yeah, yeah. But we, so but, here's, you know, here, we say that, but yeah. we as the fans wanted it, and we got what. But we, we have books. We, oh, we have the books. Yeah. No, like we've always no, had the can... books. As a person who doesn't, I tried. It's listen. I like books. I read a lot. <laughs> I just the that's not like Star Wars. It's the movies. Yes. That's what counts. Yes. And the books are great. And I think they're important, but it's the movies that that count. Well, clearly, it doesn't count enough. <laughs> so, uh, but think about not this. That I robot. Just, I yeah, I know. I want you to think about this as we conclude the show. Uh, Finn started off his life as a free person with parents, a family, that he'll never know because he was kidnapped as a child, conditioned, right? They have the conditioning program, Phasma, another useless character. Oh, talks I wish about she the... came back. Why not bring her back? You're screwing up everything <laughs> else. Know. Bring her freaking back. It did it yeah. during The Last Jedi. I know. I, just, you know. I know. Yeah, I, I, mean, just, I was She needs another like, minute and a half in a movie. It's like you're Come breaking on. the she rules was... of everything else. Just bring her back in the movie and just look at each other and just shrug. Like, well, okay. You know, like, just acknowledge. Yeah. You su- oh, you survived an explosion. So literally does everyone else. <laughs> but think about this. Okay. so it's then they nothing in this universe. <laughs> yeah. So they condition her. Nobody's really gone. Or... <laughs> we all become force ghosts who can somehow actually interact with the real world with lightning bolts. Why don't we fight all the wars? Oh, that makes sense. Um, right, you're you're tangential so, in yourself. Continue. Yeah. So <laughs> you have Look on the uh, you have uh, <laughs> Finn conditioned since childhood to be a, a child soldier, all that stuff. He breaks free. He shares this moment of like, I don't know, with Ray in The Force Awakens. I, You know, it's awful. I don't know like who my family is, blah, 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 either, you know, and it was a powerful moment. In The Last Jedi, Rose has to teach Finn what a child slave is like because 
they go to the Monte Casino planet, and she's pointing at these children who are all slaves that they abandoned. Don't forget that. And she sees him. He was a child slave. But then they get to the third one, and I have never seen now, – now that's in the background of my head. All these stormtroopers are not clones. They're <laughs> yes. not evil people who, who are just joining or right. whatever. They're all child slaves who have been conditioned since birth to to do this. Like, these are broken people. What if, if Finn could be freed, maybe they could be freed. And then you see Finn in literally every action shot. Even the gruesome death at Burning Man where the guy goes <laughs> flying into the mountain. There's no escape there. He is rejoicing every time a stormtrooper <laughs> is killed. He is so excited that some other slave child is, is being killed. Yes. Is now dead. I just thought I was like, wait, what the hell? That's been ever since The Force Awakens where he's shooting yeah, TIE fighters out. Making, with the, them, you know. making them simp- – I mean, it was one of the interesting angles of this movie. Like, what would it be like if a stormtrooper got a conscience, right? But yeah. you're right. Like, now it's like – well, we can't kill them with reckless abandon anymore. Like these are, these are like, yeah, victims, you know, people, <laughs> and we're just destroying them because it's a movie. And now we have to address uh. droid slavery on the next episode of Catching Foxes <laughs> ruins the movies. So, uh, all in all, are you? Has this changed anything that you feel about Star Wars? No. Again, I knew what I was yeah, getting into. Too. I mean. I've, yeah. you know, it was nice to finish the trilogy. It was too bad they didn't pay attention to each other. I'm really upset. I thought there were some exciting ideas that were thrown down in Last Jedi. Um, that I mean, like just even having, you know, Kylo Ren now he's going to be the big bad. Like we've never had the sympathetic character being a big bad. What's that going to look like? And immediately they have yeah. to bring in another bigger bad. You know, like, so they, there was just some of the stuff. Leisure that really, suit Larry, known yeah, as Snoke. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there was just a number of things that so frustrated me about what it could have been. Um, but it was what it was. And again, I, I came out of it. I liked the new characters. I, I really liked the father-son story arc. Um, that was just so satisfying. Uh, you know, at the end of it, those are fun movies. I like. There are things I liked about all of them. There's things I didn't like about all of them. For me, I actually, I, I think it peaked for me at the Last Jedi, to be honest. But I generally liked all of them in in their own way, uh, and I liked them more than the prequels. So, um, yeah, yeah, it didn't change anything. Yeah. You know, it just kind of was what I thought it would be. I wish it was better, but you know, I have to see it a few more times, and we'll see what happens. What about you, Luke? There are these individual moments in. Uh, the new trilogy that I really like. Um, like one of my favorite scenes, honestly, was uh, in the beginning of The Force Awakens when you see all of these storm um, troopers on um, the small ship going on yeah. to yeah. the planet on the transport uh, ship. I was like, oh, we've never seen this before yeah. in Star Wars. We have never had a shot that has looked like this feels like a war movie. I mean, and, and now we've had a war. Now, I mean, obviously, you have the like, original. Uh, Trilogy, which has the feeling of like an air of you know air battles, but we've never had that like. Well, that felt like a video feeling. game. Like the, the you know JJ yeah, really I'll, shot it like a war movie, which was which was a yeah, genius I'll, move I'll, to go to not CGI the crap out of it. And really made a huge yes, difference in the, very. In the visualness of it. Yeah. And I like that moment. I was like, oh, I'm in. Like I love like that. So like little things. I'm like that. The little boy and the broom. I love the I. I I love the ho ho maneuver, <laughs> you know that whole moment in the last um, in 
Latin, the last Jedi. Did you hear? Um, did you hear the? the I know. F-U yeah, in, in the new yeah. movie, it's like it was a one in a million shot. Yeah, right. we, yeah. care about that. we can't do the huddle yeah. maneuver. That was a one in a million. There's so many little jabs at the last. I'm um, Jedi. Uh. And I was like, and did you guys notice one last thing which really bugged me, and I didn't notice it till <laughs> afterwards? Luke's lightsaber. What the what, hell? That it was. What about that? It was incorrect. That it was destroyed in the freaking last Jedi. They were reaching oh, yeah, for it, it. It was broken half. It exploded. Oh, that's oh yeah, that's right. And now they have it, and she's like, I'm not ready for this. And it's just like, boy, that looks like that's in great condition. I mean, that was the ultimate <laughs> FU to The Last Jedi. Like, he was yeah, he didn't even try to explain it. He was like, you know what? I want it in here. Okay, so it's just going in here, you know? I mean, it's bad yeah. enough he had to put his mask back together with this really weird red. Like, yeah. why was it glowing all the time? But He didn't need the mask at all. He didn't need the There's mask no at all. You know, no the, you know why they wanted that. the mask? They wanted the mask so that they could have somebody at Disney World walk around in the mask. Yeah. yeah. And now you got to buy the new one with the red lines. <laughs> that yeah. glow. So, the glowing red lines. So, yeah, like, and there are some individual, like, you know, I think I've, I still really have a strong disdain for the prequels, but I watched Revenge of the Sith recently just trying to go for what are the themes of this. And I found that I enjoyed it immensely when I just paid attention to the overall amount of themes and just ignored all everything else that was terrible about it. And I don't know if I'm going to have the same thing happen with like this trilogy where I can, but I think in terms like of the themes, because I don't know like what the themes are, (laughs) but I don't think there are any, but I think there will be these individual moments that i will enjoy it was cool it was cool to see it was cool to i have never seen a new star wars film with luke's with i'm like luke skywalker in it in the theater until i was like 34 and that was really cool it was cool to see han solo it was cool it was cool to see that i i i I can't i'm really when they um this part in um like like right in the in the rise of skywalker when like they had a luke and leia and like he and he, he he was like training her. It was cool to see those older characters in the movie for thirty seconds. I I will cherish that because that's just awesome. That is awesome. So that's that's, yeah, that's really so. cool. Lastly, I'll you, say Chewie got a medal. <laughs> I was so ridiculous. I groaned when I saw that. that I was, did too, out loud. I went. Ugh. He already got the medal. Don't they watch like the MTV Movie Awards? <laughs> Those aren't canon. Yeah, darn Do you it. not remember the nineties? It's not it's not the the Star Wars holiday special. It's impressive that she still was holding on to that. Yeah. <laughs> like and it wasn't hers. Did she just have that extra in her back pocket? He finally deserves it. You know, like yeah. stuff like that was like where did it come from? Why was it there? Why was she holding on to it? Did she make an extra? Did she always just not get around to giving it to him? Was it like a punishment? See, this is the problem of doing a, a trilogy. This is the problem of doing a sequel, you know, 30 years later and picking up with the exact same characters, more or less, is uh, you, you have so much baggage. But then when you actually have the characters, you're like, wow, you're just old and sad looking. Like, <laughs> you're all old and sad looking. Why are we rehearsing all this stuff again? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Death comes for us all. Yeah. <laughs> Unless no you live in the really Star Wars movies. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, oh, it was so sad when C-3PO gave up his memories for the sake of the first or the the rebellion. And then, oh, wait, never mind. He saw R2-D2. He's good. It was cool when he had, like, the Sith eyes, though. That was cool. That was yeah. cool. 
All right. Well, All right. this has been Catching Foxes Roof the Movies <laughs> with Dr. Bob Rice. Hey, Dr. Bob, how's uh, Franciscan? It's In awesome. one sentence. It's good. It's fantastic. It's nice. Praise God. Uh, Father Dave Pavanka is wonderful. Yeah. And, uh, spirits moving, and it's it's really an exciting. It feels like a springtime. It's really exciting. That's a, Oh, that's great. That's really good to hear. I, I've started referring to it as um, as the mothership. So uh, it really – and it's, uh, that's, that is um, really cool to hear. Yeah. That makes me happy. That could be another so. podcast. <laughs> I would, I will. I'm fine with that. It will. I kind of feel like Star Wars is a bit like Steubenville where it's mm. like we just spent an hour crapping on it. But then just like I love it. <laughs> you, know, like, you can it get a five five thousand square foot house for eighty thousand dollars. <laughs> it is so precious to me. <laughs> Don't you touch my, my memories. And my kids have no choice but to enjoy it and go That's there. Right. Yeah. And how pissed I am that they're building new dorms. How dare they? <laughs> yeah. And there's new minorities that are there. <laughs> and they have Wi-Fi. What the crap? That wasn't my Franciscan. <laughs> yeah. I had 14K. 14K in an age of Ethernet. <laughs> and I heard that, like, Andy G doesn't even go to Cross Street Tavern anymore. Oh, I don't understand. It's, it's, yeah. But still, it's great. <sighs> but, <laughs> no, no, absolutely. But I'll I go to the it. next flop. See you there. <laughs> Mando, it is the way. The truth and the life. <laughs> That's right.